one God. Amen. Today we celebrate the great feast of the Pentecost. And this feast is uh, considered the birthday of the church. And in it we celebrate the descent of the Holy Spirit. And we celebrate the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And during this time, when there's lots of discussion about discrimination and racism, and there's lots of talk about policy reform and police reform and community reform, that's all very good. But today I want to talk about personal reform. That is the result of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Today we want to cleanse our, the inside, our hearts. If we want, and we want to fill our hearts with the Holy Spirit. That's why in the Agbeya prayers of the third hour it says, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. If we want to be a society free from racism and discrimination, we need to have clean hearts. If we become full of the Holy Spirit, there will be no such thing as discrimination. There will be no such thing as racism. Why? Because God does not see color. He does not see color. He does not distinguish by race or by color. You remember when the Lord was on the way to Galilee, He said He needed to go through Samaria. And then the first words that came out from the Samaritan woman's mouth were, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan. What are you doing talking to me? She tried to separate and tried to make a distinction. And it was almost like, what are you, you're stepping beyond the, the race, like the, the cultural norm. But the Lord said, I don't see this. And told her, the time is coming when true worshippers will worship in spirit and truth. And this is the time we're all in. Now, there is no color or, or preference to God's people. God does not see color. And that's why on this day, on Pentecost, the world that was divided by race or by language or by culture was united by the Holy Spirit. And that's why in the Acts, if you see how many different cultures, the Parthenians, the Medes, the Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and all the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, the, like the whole like world, the, 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 like the known world at the time, we hear them speaking in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. If we want to have this quality of unification, this unification, we, then we must become full vessels of the Holy Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, then I believe we will struggle to achieve this unification. We will struggle. And I think we'll struggle in three different categories. One is the idea of partiality. The idea of partiality. Shortly after Pentecost, St. Peter realized that the Holy Spirit was not just for the Jews, but only for the, the whole world. And because in the Old Testament, actually there was a chosen race. There was. There was a chosen race. The Jews were the people of God and everyone else was Gentile. There was distinction, there was separation, there was maybe you could say partiality. 
But what's interesting is, even though there was this partiality in the Old Testament, the Lord never advocated for the abuse of races. Actually, in Leviticus, in the Torah, it says, The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you. And you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers, you were once of a different race, you were once of a different people when you lived in the land of Egypt. So this was in the Torah, that you had to love everyone, everyone. And actually you see the manifestation of this verse in the blood of Jesus Christ himself. Because in the blood of Jesus Christ, you had Gentile Blood. You had foreigner blood in the blood of Jesus Christ himself. You had the blood of Rahab from Jericho, a prostitute, outside of Israel. Then you had the blood of Ruth from Moab, different. So in the blood of Jesus has, is, carries all the world. Carried all the world. So his blood was not just for one people. So when St. Peter, he realized this, he actually witnessed the second Pentecost. You know, there was two Pentecosts, right? There was one in the upper room, and then there was one with Cornelius in the house, and he saw the Holy Spirit descend on Cornelius. And when St. Peter realized this, the second Pentecost, that was for everyone, and not just the Jews, he said something very beautiful. He said, most certainly... And thoroughly, now I perceive and understand that God, God shows no partiality and is no respecter of persons. I believe the root of racism is partiality. One who shows partiality shows preferential treatment to some and not to others. And this is the precursor to discrimination. Before we point our fingers... This is what we've done so much now. We point our fingers at others who are not impartial. I think today we should evaluate ourselves to cleanse our heart and to see are we impartial in in our hearts. We don't want to make parades on social media and then we are in our hearts we have this this impartial nature in us. So today we want to ask ourselves, am I impartial? Am I objective? Do I show partiality? It's interesting. Like, some people complain the church is so cliquish and so not accepting of others. But then on social media, they'll say, how? Do we have preferential treatment for certain groups or social, certain social classes? The rich, the masharfeh, the... That's why St. James in his epistle, hear what he says. He says, my brethren, do not hold the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of God, the Lord of glory with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there you should come, and there should come also a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing fine clothes, and say to him, You sit here in the good place. And you say to the poor man, You stand there, or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves, and become judges with evil thoughts? 
If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Beware of partiality, my friends. We need to be objective. We need to seek truth. You know, I was looking on the discussions on like Instagram and Facebook, and I see Coptic people eating each other up, like eating each other up in the name of justice and love and showing so much injustice to their brother. And oh, you disagree, defriend, and uh, and oh, what? What's going on? Relax. What? How's that? How's that in the name of justice, in the name of love, and then how? That's not the way of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit fills our hearts with love, there will be no partiality in our thoughts. When you see someone, there will be no judgment. That's what we should strive for. All Christians should know is love. That's all we know. The second thing that I want us to check is our laziness. Laziness. Our laziness is definitely a cause of racism and discrimination. Because the opposite of laziness, what you are seeing now in society, it is called activism. Activism. They are active. They are doing something. And a lot of people now have been activated. But if we are truly vessels of the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit is a fire. The Holy Spirit is consuming. The Holy Spirit is breathing. The Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit activates us. Activates. We don't need like the world to activate. The Holy Spirit should activate us. The Holy Spirit should activate us. But what kills this activation of the Holy Spirit is actually laziness. Laziness. I was thinking about it in Acts chapter 10 when St. Peter, he sees the vision before he goes to Cornelius. He sees the vision of the, the, the animals coming down on the sheet. And then he starts to ponder. He doesn't know what this vision is. He has no idea. He's thinking about it. What does it mean? And then immediately he hears the voice of the Spirit telling him, Listen, three men are here looking for you. So get ready and go down and do not hesitate to go with them for I have sent them. The Holy Spirit activates him. I imagine if this was one of us, we'd say, it's noon time. It's my, my nap time. I need to go. Like, what an inconvenient. Let me just, we can worry about this another time. We don't have to. And, and then, oh, I'm so busy. I have another. Uh, Holy Spirit, you have to interrupt me at noon. I have appointments and I have other things in my day that I need to do. Other more important things. And then we put off the work of the Holy Spirit and we become very lazy. Lazy. There's a normal laziness. And then we don't do what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. And the Holy Spirit wanted to take Peter to go and preach to the Gentiles and to bring the whole nation into the church. And he could have, ah, I'm lazy. The same idea, if the Holy Spirit led Philip, you remember, who did he lead Philip Philip to? An Ethiopian, different race, different, different. But the Holy Spirit led Philip to go preach to the Ethiopian. 
So I wonder if the Holy Spirit really is leading us. Actually, there would be like, we would cover the whole world. Actually, when we get into this period of the, the, the Apostles' Fast, the most famous phrase we will say in the next coming weeks is, Their voices went forth unto all the earth, and their words have reached the ends of the earth. Huh. Because the Holy Spirit working in them. That's why their voice went forth unto all the earth. So as we start our fasting tomorrow, let us fast that the Holy Spirit activates our life. So that we can be like our fathers, the apostles. We don't want to be lazy. We don't want to be lazy. <laughs> no, we don't. And I have some more to say on this, this topic. Because one of the biggest ideas now in the social like justice platform is that actually, if you look at the way society is, is, is constructed... Not everyone has the same like fair chance at life. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to understand that. It's very obvious that some people have different circumstances, don't have the best schools, don't have the best neighborhoods, don't have the best... Does anybody want to disagree with me on that? What if the people who have been given so much don't use their talents? Now everyone, like we have, thank God, many of us, we live in the best neighborhoods. We have the best schools. We have the best opportunity. We have the best church. We have the best Sunday school teacher. We have the best, the, everything at our disposal. And then we turn out by zine. We, 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 we don't use any of the talents that we have. We, we, we turn out all mess. We don't, how? fought for a beautiful life for all of us and then we sit here and we complain oh school's too hard I don't want to do school how how and then you say we want social justice you didn't use the talent that God gave you God gave you 10 talents and you buried the 10 <laughs> you buried the 10 talents if each person used their talents that God gave them I promise the world would be very different, don't you think? If everyone who was given a lot, and then they used their talents for the glory of God, I think the world would be very, very, very different. But the problem is, too lazy. Oh, I don't have any talents. Don't talents? You don't have any talents? You don't have nothing. You, you just, can't, like, How? The third thing, sorry, the, the last thing, I'll go very quick on this one. The third contributor to discrimination is greed and lack of social justice. And I just want to be very short because I know I'm going over time, but this is a very, I'm very passionate about this topic. I'm not speaking about like social justice means, I'll give you a definition of it. It is the fundamental right of human being bestowed by the creator, which refers to the fact that man's dignity needs to be respected, including regarding the access to means supporting man's existence materially. 
From a Christian perspective, social justice refers to a man's equitable access to work and to what is necessary for daily life. So Christians, and I I wasn't speaking, I'm not speaking about socialism, and I'm not speaking about capitalism as a means to accomplish this. That's not what I'm talking about. That's different. We could have that discussion later. But what I am talking about is Christians have a duty to speak up about peace and about social justice. For example, Elijah spoke up for Naboth. Did he not? He went to King Ahab and said, you did injustice. When you took this vineyard that didn't belong to you, you did injustice. And many of the Old Testament prophets always spoke up for injustice. Nathan went to David and said, you did injustice. John the Baptist, the biggest player for social justice. When they, when he said repent, they said, how do we repent? What do we do? I don't understand what we do. You know what he told them? He said, he who has two tunics... Let him give to one who has none. He who has food, let him do likewise. The tax collectors, they said, what do we do? He said, collect no more than what is appointed for you. That's social justice. John the Baptist gave us a course on social justice. The soldiers came to him and said, what do we do? He said, do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. That's social justice. Be careful of the greed. Greed ruins social justice. Greed is the enemy of social justice. And in today's society, it's all about greed and me and what I want and what I do and what I can achieve. And that is the enemy of social justice. I'll just leave you with one last quote from St. John Chrysostom because I think it will transform your mind. It says, let us learn from the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. It said, let us learn. Pay attention to this one. This one's very good. Let us learn from this man not to call the rich lucky, nor the poor unfortunate. The rich are not lucky, nor the poor unfortunate. Rather, if we are to tell the truth, the rich man is not the one who has collected many possessions, but the one who needs few possessions. The rich man needs few possessions. And the poor man is not the one who has no possessions, but the one who has many desires. We ought to consider this definition of poverty and wealth. So if you see someone greedy for many things, someone greedy for many things, the opposite of social justice, you should consider him the poorest of all. Even if he has acquired everyone's money. If on the other hand you see someone with few needs, you should count him the richest of all, even if he has acquired nothing. There's more to say on this topic, but uh, I think today we need to focus on the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to fill us with love. If the Holy Spirit is working with us, in us, We can remove partiality. We need to remove laziness. We need to be activated by the Holy Spirit. We need to remove greed and inspire and and to work for social justice. And glory be to God forever. Amen.